have the Ayatollah of Fantasy Rock and Roll with us today, Adam Rank. How are you doing, Rank? look great in person and I uh, just can't wait to next year we, we can pack it full of 25,000. Hey Bob, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I didn't know it was Ball Guy's day. It was being ranked. I mean, how do you look? This is the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast. Welcome to the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast. This is episode 96. We are powered by Fantasy Points Media Group, and we are about to kick off week number seven of the fantasy football season. Joining me tonight, Tara Roberts. It's Tara time. She'll be on with us momentarily. You can see her screen there. If you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, it's just my voice right now, so you're not missing a whole heck of a lot. Uh, Major Call will be also be joining us here shortly. And it's Taco Tuesday, so if you don't see Calvin on here, you know he's over at DLF doing his thing. He should be coming on shortly. So just a little bit of housekeeping here. If you are just tuning in for the first time, whether it's be Facebook or YouTube or even listening live, make sure if you're on the channel right now, if you're on the YouTube channel, take a look down. There's a subscribe button. Hit that button. Let us know where you're at. Jump in the comments. Get those questions in. We're here to help you win fantasy championships. Separate those pretenders from those contenders. Who, where are you? Here we are. Waivers, starts and sits. You want it? We got it. We're going to hit you with everything that we got. Now we're going to start the show off like we do. And I'm going to give you a little bit of a montage, monologue, whatever you want to call it. We are in the buy week blues here right now. Whether you want to call it the buy nato, buy nato, whether you want to call it the biocoblis, the by Mageddon. I can't even say it. It's tongue twisting me here right now. Whatever it is, let us help you. Now, right off the get-go, news and notes. How about that Monday night football game? Is there anyone better right now than Derrick Henry? I'm going to talk about him a little bit later, but three touchdowns there. There's no way you can stop him. He is the unstoppable object, the immovable object, whatever you want to say. There is no force in the NFL that can slow down Derrick Henry right now. You're talking about a guy who's on pace for back-to-back 2,000-yard seasons, something that's never been done. In fact, it's never been done where a running back had 2,000-yard seasons multiple times. So, hey, Mello, what's up? We're here for you here. Uh, Major, welcome to the show, buddy. You keep figuring out that audio. I'll keep on talking. What else can we say? You went through all kinds of emotions there on Monday Night Football. The Titans come down. They punch the ball in. Barely any time left on the clock. They kick off. Isaiah McKenzie takes it to the house, 101 yards. But wait, there is a penalty for holding. Now your Bills fans, you're kind of circling that wagon back a little bit, getting the ball, going Mark back down the field, coming up another yard short of that first down and losing again, fourth and one. Jeffrey Simmons comes through in the big time for the Tennessee Titans. Ends that game. Both teams go to 4-2. That AFC conference right now is going to be crazy all year long. Major, can you hear me now? You're on mute. It's okay. While you're trying to figure that out, Chubb and Hunt are out. Kareem Hunt is going to the IR. We're going to talk about this here a little bit on your bold predictions from last week. But what are your thoughts here on Chubb and Hunt 
out. Still on mute. I couldn't find a button for some reason. It's acting weird, but yeah. Uh, that sucks. We have a lot of running back injuries. Same thing is happening in uh, in Baltimore as well. The Rams had their injuries. And, you know, I was big on – I knew – I mean, Chubb, I was, I was worried about him all season or preseason because he had a um, – there was reports of him having like that arthritic knee kind of like girly. So that kind of had, you know, put him on my radar. Um, I don't know. Is he out with a knee? Do you know? Uh, I don't fact check anything here. So you can pick a body part here. I'm saying so he's out with a knee and he already had talks of having like that uh, degenerative knee uh, arthritis, I guess. So that made me afraid a little bit. Hunt, on the other hand, he's always been, I'm going to assume he's been pretty uh, healthy for the most part of his career, but um, that's going to really hurt that team, you know, because they don't really have anybody behind those guys. They have two uh, third down backs now uh, being a running back, uh, one and in, in, in two now. So, um, and Baker's hurt as well. So that team, I think this is going to really hurt their chances at a playoff run. Well, anyone who watches the show knows I do these, these uh, usually a Sunday night movie, football in a movie type preview show every each and every week. Major, you're young, you're a good looking dude, but you're really an old guy, right? You're old. Yeah, that's right. I dropped it. Yeah, that's right. Now, <laughs> do you remember Monty Python? Yeah. Do you remember the Black Knight? Black Knight. I don't wait. Yes. You know, it gets, Yes. He gets one arm chopped off, the other arm chopped He's off, like, both legs yeah. chopped off. The Black Knight, the Black Knight is the Cleveland Browns. They really are. You know, now you've got like Baker it. Mayfield and that non-throwing shoulder, that torn labrum, whatever it is. He's got that. He's still going to play. The left leg is Nick Chubb. He's out. The right leg is Kareem Hunt. He's out. And here you go, the Cleveland Browns basically, you know, it is but a flesh wound. That is the Cleveland Black Browns right now. Anyone knows? There's a, my little bit of movie reference, but don't worry. I like how I you did some, that? I kind of like that. Yeah. Where, can they, where can they find where, where you do that at? I like that. You know what? We, we just throw it out there. I just throw stuff on the wall, see what sticks. Uh, another little thing I kind of got a kick out of here when I was doing my waiver wires is one of the guys I was talking about targeting was Cam Newton. Why am I talking about Cam Newton? There's talks that the Seattle Seahawks have actually reached out to Cam Newton to express their interest. And after watching the Seahawks versus Steelers game, you can see why. Can this team, can DK Metcalf, can Tyler Lockett, you know how I feel about the Lockett, can they rebound with Cam Newton? Because we know it ain't going to happen with Geno Smith. I don't think Geno played that bad. He did have that costly uh, fumble. But other than that, he was okay. He was serviceable. But, I mean, him and, and Cam, it's kind of like that Spider-Man meme where they're pointing at each other, like, it's the same player for the most part, respectfully, you know, at this point of Cam, Cam's career. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I, yeah. I, is there anyone else out there in the market? Who's Who else is still out here? Is Cam the only person that's – I mean, he's pretty much the only quarterback I think has potential to start. I mean, you're looking at some pretty bad scenarios there in which you'd have to bring him in there. But we let's be honest, I don't think Geno Smith is that guy, especially if Seattle's looking at contending or trying to get back into the race or whatever. They may already be out of that race in that NFC West. We know how good that division is right there. And if you fall a step behind, you're really two steps behind. Yeah. Now, 
I want to keep on going here with my movie references. I'm a big time Eddie Murphy fan. I mean, like old school Eddie Murphy, right? Like raw, We've like got, yeah, right in that area of time, era of time. There, we've got Jared Goff and Matt Stafford, and essentially in the off season, they did their best trading places. See what I did there? A little down after like a little. It. I like in which here we go. We're going to keep this going on with the Eddie Murphy. In which Matt Stafford became the new Beverly Hills Cop. Thank you very much. We got the Axel Foley Matt Stafford connection going there. Is this game going to be as bad as I think it's going to be? I know we're not going to preview it because it's not going to make any of our games of the week. But is this game? I think that it's like a seventeen-point spread right now, or fourteen-point spread. It's it's something ridiculous. Is it really going to be that bad for the Detroit Lions? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Go mm-hmm. ahead. Sarah. You got it. No, no, I think it's, it's that simple. Yes, it's that bad. It's going to be that bad. Uh, yes, and I'm done. Um, I, I think, yeah, it is. And I feel bad for, for the Lions. I really, I like the makeup of the team. They just don't have the talent. I love the coach. He's, he's like out there. He's like crying. He's like calling people out. He's like doing whatever he can to will these guys to a win. But the talent is not there. And that's, that's the sad part. Cause I, and I think they play hard. They play really hard. I was really impressed with them in week one, what they did with the Niners. Like, they played the Niners really hard. Um, the defense, they played really hard, but it just doesn't add up to a dub. So, I don't – it's kind of sad to see when it happens and where you just can't get over that hump. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, I got a comment here. I know Tara's going to touch on this a little bit later in the show. Uh, Mello wants to throw out his little prediction before we get into our bold predictions – that Demetric Felton will outscore Johnson this week because of his receptions. Tara, I'll let you handle that here shortly because I know we're talking about that on players, waiver guys that we're looking to grab here tonight. By the way, uh, Tara, did you get that reminder set about uh, hitting the waiver wire before the show starts? (laughs) You know, it's funny. I can write all the waiver videos and stuff like that, uh, but I can just, you know, forget to actually put in my waiver (laughs) claims. So that's what I'm doing after the show. I am going through all my leagues and putting in my waivers since I forgot. (laughs) So reminder, do your waivers. Before you go, Tara, before you go, can I make that my bold prediction? I kind of like, I want to say that what felt, because I'm a big Felton guy. He's one of my guys, like, quote unquote. Uh, I just... Can I make that? Is that cheating if I steal that? No. We will not call well, you yeah. out for any cheating. You think? I don't know. <laughs> no. You guys have been shaming me a lot lately, so I don't know. No. Oh, no. Don't kid yourself. I'm going to shame <laughs> you throughout the show. It's going to happen. <laughs> and then you're going to get the... this. Technically, technically, this is a fourth string running back. Wow. So you're just going to dive in right into there. Okay. Go, go Tara, <laughs> before you go too far. Go ahead. Go. <laughs> You know um, I, I don't disagree with you. I really don't. Um, I think it's very possible because, I mean, I don't see where they, you know, I know that some people are saying they're just going to limit the run volume. They're not going to be a run first team. And I get that. But it's not like Baker is very capable right now. Anyway, if he even gets to play this week, which I, which I do think he'll be the one that starts. He's going to gut through it. He really does want to play. But um, they can't lean on the pass game aggressively. They do have to run. And they're going to be splitting the backfield up similarly to the way they do it with Chubb and Hunt. And Felton is going to be taking over that pass catching role. And we've seen that, you know, look at Chris Evans last week. He was very productive in being, you know, that limited pass catching back. So, you know, it's very possible Felton outscores him. What's up, Fantasy Futurist Podcast? Yeah. Glad to have you back with us again this week. Appreciate your support there. Appreciate you coming out. Get those questions in. You got them. We'll answer them. 
Yeah. And the thing with Felton for me, I don't know if I can count this for major because isn't Felton like a wide receiver? Isn't that what he's actually classified as? Isn't he like a fourth string wide receiver? That, that's like really out there for you, Major. He really has a he has a dual uh, designation, so I'm gonna let him be the run. He played running back in college. He's a running back. I don't know. He's an athlete, hey, what, like Cordero said. He's an athlete. He goes where the coach says. Well, whatever Major needs to tell himself to make himself feel better before he goes to sleep every night. <laughs> I'm not being able to sleep. Well, guess what? We all went over on our bold predictions last week. Two of us were close. The other one really sucked, Major. Sarah, <laughs> Sarah predicted that Mac Jones would have 300-plus yards and two touchdowns. He had two touchdowns. He had 229 yards, including the extra time in overtime. So really, he only had like a buck seventy-five. But we'll we'll go with the two twenty-nine. Tara falls with seventy-one yards short of her bold prediction. You know, I'm not disappointed. You know, I was hurt last week by my prediction, but I'm actually, you know, I'm pretty happy right here. Um, no, he didn't get the volume, and the volume was a reach. It made that's what made it a super bold prediction for him to be able to throw that much. Um, but he did really good. Um, I'm happy with the stats. I think that I was, you know, hey, if the if the bold prediction was in the realm of Mac Jones is gonna have one of his best days, then yeah, you know what, man, I hit it. So I think I'm like, I was kind of there. I'm proud, I'm proud of myself. And you're on mute now. Yeah, but... I'm on mute. I was catching it just as the third <laughs> word was coming out of my mouth. I was catching the mute button there. Uh, we'll give it to you. It was bold. It was out there. It was it was definitely attainable. <laughs> it looked like it was going to happen, possibly. Unlike Major's prediction that had no chance to get off because injuries hampered him here. I'll give you a little bit of a leeway there, Major, on the injuries as you tried to double up on my bold prediction that I've used twice already this year. <laughs> if you do recall, if you're just tuning in this time, Major's bold prediction last week is that both Chubb and Hunt would both be top five running backs. Chubb was inactive, so I kind of thought, you know what, I'll give Major a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. If Kareem Hunt is a top five running back, I will classify that as a win in the bold prediction call. However, Kareem Hunt was the RB24, 14 rushes, 66 yards, three receptions for 12. That's a fail. So what had happened was um, everyone He's got hurt. my kids right now. Yeah, so I don't even know what to say to that. So here's, here's the thing, though. I was upset at you guys because I was like, wait. Did they let me pick Chubb knowing that he wasn't going to play? So I was like looking, to be, looking back to see when he – you know, got the what's that called when he said he was out? Yeah, I, I couldn't really find it. I couldn't really find it. So, like, I'm I'm gonna be really disappointed if I find out tomorrow or the next day that you guys let me pick him, knowing that he was not going to be active. So, I'll take the W. Is is I mean, this L is fine. <laughs> well, we're gonna make sure that the future podcast here he doesn't take an L. He's got a homely question. Tara, first to you, then to Major. Sam Darnold versus the Giants or Tannehill versus Kansas City as his super flex. I know where I'm leaning. Tara, which way are you leading? Sam Darnold. I know. I know it's been uh, – you know, he has had some disappointing outings, but it's an insanely good matchup, one of the better pass um, defense matchups that you can get. So, uh, so, yeah, he should have a big day. Major. I was with I'm with Tara, but it gave me a little pause because Kansas City cannot stop 
anyone. So uh, if if Ryan Tannehill is going to have a big game, it's going to be against the Chiefs. So, but I'm I'm still with Sam. What about and you? Me, myself, yeah. I'm going to be the fantasy football contrarian here. I'm going to lean with Ryan Tannehill in this matchup. Major, you were kind of heading that direction where you're going with this. I think Sam Darnold's going to be a good play. He's had a couple off weeks here back to back, which kind of gives me a little bit of worry. Kansas City's going to have to sell out to stop Derrick Henry, which I don't think anyone can do right now. Right. Which means A.J. Brown is going to finally have that big game. He's done with Chipotle. He ain't touching that the rest of the season. So don't worry. <laughs> Big game, A.J. Brown, Ryan Tannehill. They're going to hook up for multiple touchdowns, especially when I think that Julio Jones is probably not going to be able to make this game because he missed the last back end of last night's game there with a little bit of a hamstring issue once again. Hey, but, Matt, now, I, think, I think you're kind of like procrastinating or trying to stall. Let's get to your <laughs> bold prediction. My bold prediction was that James Robinson would be a top five running back and that he would finish with 45 yards, 45 receiving yards, and a touchdown. Now, I think I was as close as they come. He had 17 carries for 73 yards and a touchdown. He had 11 catches – or sorry, not 11 catches. Three catches for 28 yards. He finished as the RB11. So I'm not taking a full loss, but I can't get the dub on this one. I feel okay about it. I feel real comfortable. I think it was it was a close prediction. But you know what? Close only counts in hand shoe, uh, horseshoes and hand grenades. And this season, so far, my <laughs> bold predictions, I've had about three weeks in which I've come really close, but it's failed to hit that target. Now, now getting into our games of the week. Oh, wait, studs and duds. I'm getting way ahead of myself. I'm looking at the time of the show. I'm like, oh, man. We gotta try and cram an hour. You want to know a bold prediction? Someone wants to make a bold prediction right now that <laughs> we keep our one-hour show within an hour. That would be a bold prediction. It's not that gonna actually happen. will be, yeah. <laughs> Kara, I'm who gonna are go fast. Duds? I'm gonna go fast because I gotta get to those waivers. Um, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my uh, my stud of the week is Kirk Cousins. Um, I, I feel like we just have to, you know. He's someone, that, yes. <laughs> He's someone that unfortunately we just, you know, kind of we're down on him all the time. It's like Kirk Cousins, you know, he's just that average quarterback. Da, 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 da. But, you know, other than one bad year, really, in 2019, he's finished higher or at QB 13 at worst. He's actually a pretty decent QB one overall. You just have to, you know, avoid those games where he kind of misses. And this was definitely a hit. He was 38 of 40 or 33 of 48 for 373 yards and three touchdowns. I like that. And I just think we just really have to give him a little bit of respect because I, I like what he's showing this year. I, I love him as my um my favorite QB two in Superflex. Okay. I thought you were gonna say and something crazy. I was like, wait, what? No. <laughs> and, with, and with every stud, there is a dud. Yeah, um, my dud goes to the entire Chargers offense. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to pick and choose. And um, only just put the whole team in there. Yeah, my God, wow, <laughs> Justin Herbert. Uh, I don't even want to read the numbers, man. He didn't even hit 200 yards. Austin Eckler had six carries for seven yards. Keenan Allen had um, the best day of any of them with five catches for 50 yards. Mike Williams, it was like he wasn't even there. It was crazy. Um, I I just really hope, and I anticipate we don't ever see that again because that was insane. Absolutely insane. 
Major, over to you, because I love the way you get into the little bit of the FFIDP here with your stud. Yeah, I'm trying to get us to have a question on this thing where we have our IDP player of the week. Everyone, uh, go ahead and uh, tag Matt if you want to add that to the show. Let's bug him. Let's get some IDPs on the show. But with that being said, I'm going to go with Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon is one of only two players that have interception in six straight games. Um, I was watching TV and all the analysts and everyone's talking about the one where he got burned on, but I'm here to defend him. He actually had the underneath coverage. They had a safety over the top. That safety totally, totally missed, and that's where he got burned for that long run. Um, and another thing, too, him and his brother are the only two players or brothers to ever score a touchdown offense and defense in NFL history, so that's pretty cool as well. So for, for Trayvon, you are my stud. And then uh, I'm going to go with this guy. I've been He's one of my guys, too, for my dud. Uh, but he's I've been waiting for him to break through. Uh, Tyler Higby, um, he, well, a couple years ago, he showed, like, at the end of the season that he was actually going to be re- – no, last year, actually. He showed he was going to be pretty good. Uh, Gerald Everett went over to Seattle, so I'm thinking, like, he's going to be the man now. Um, but it hasn't really popped yet. Like, last week he had five receptions for 36 yards, and his stats his stat line reads like that pretty much throughout the season and uh, no TDs. Um, so I'm not – you know, I hope he – gets it together because the tight end position altogether sucks but uh I, I had high hopes for tyler you know one being a la guy looking at the rams and stuff and and him being him by himself and they throw the ball like all the time so they should start throwing to the tight end a little bit more but uh i guess that's it you get one of these buddy <laughs> and you know i don't follow the rules of the of our own oh uh, show sheet here I'm going to give you two studs because I do believe that C.D. Lamb needs to be mentioned in this whole topic. None of us had him in there because I I went the running back here. We talked about Derrick Henry at the top of the show. But think about this. C.D. Lamb had 36.1 PPR points. That's insane. That's enough to win a lot of your leagues. Derrick Henry, however, had 35.6 fantasy points in PPR. You know what I'm saying that is for a running back who doesn't get passes to have 35.6 fantasy points? That's insane. And when you look at what Derrick Henry has done in PPR, he has 170 points for fantasy. The next closest player to him is Patrick Mahomes with 161. He is the leading scorer in all of fantasy, and he put it on display again against the Buffalo Bills on Monday Night Football. Stud of the week, Derek Henry, <laughs> Lamb. Now my duds, anyone who watches this show knows I am petty. There is no ands, ifs, no, or buts really? about it. I know it's hard to believe. I look like a good guy. I look like someone you can trust. <laughs> but you don't want to cross me when it comes to fantasy football. And I, in my home league, made the mistake, I guess, I'm starting both Tyler Boyd and Antonio Gibson on my same roster. Now, combined, combined, they had 5.9 fantasy points, including Tyler Boyd's whopping 1.5, one, and this is PPR, where he had one catch, 
for seven yards. I actually had to go back and forth on this game to see if he was inactive. Now, Antonio Gibson, he got the Nick Chubb kind of treatment. He had a bit of an injury. We know there's that shin and concern there. He took a shot there. He had 10 carries, 44 yards, but he had that fumble, which basically negates all that yardage that he put up. So, yeah. Sorry, Boyd, Gibson, you're the duds of the week for me. You get two different sound effects for two different players. Absolutely. And it's all, it's well deserved, both, uh, no matter how you look at it. Now, Melo, he wants to talk CD Lamb, where he's ranked in Dynasty. Should he be ahead of Justin Jefferson? I know where I'm going with this. Tara. That's oh, that's a very hard question. That's very hard. It's, it's literally neck and neck. Um, I maybe lean towards Justin Jefferson um, a little bit because uh, no, God, it's the same thing. No, like because Amari Cooper, do we we don't know for sure um, his contract situation over there. Um, then we head over to um, Minnesota, and you've got Thielen as well, and. I don't know. I don't know. It really comes down to who is the other receiver that's going to be there. Um, I, I think the, you know, the quarterback situation, Dak's a lot better. They both got fantastic running backs, but, but for me, um, I really love Justin Jefferson's talent. It's, it's, it's so hard to, for me to, it's hard. I don't yeah. know how to answer that. I'm with chair as well to me is neck and neck, but I think just the age of Thielen, He's going to be gone soon. So if we're talking dynasty, I'm leaning more towards Jefferson just on that reason alone. Um, was it KJ Osborne? Looks like he's going to be okay, but I don't think anyone's going to th- be a threat to uh, Jefferson uh, time timeshare or whatever you want to call it. What about you, Matt? I'm going to be the lone wolf again on this panel. I'm going to go with C.D. Lamb. (laughs) I've got him as my dynasty wide receiver, too, right now. And the only guy I've got ahead of him is Jamar Chase right now. I think Jamar Chase is the wide receiver one. We're seeing what he's doing right now. C.D. Lamb, for me, is neck and neck with him. I don't think Justin Jefferson's even in that same tier right now. I think there's a tier gap, a considerable one, between Jefferson and Lamb. Give me C.D. Lamb. Give me Dak Prescott for the next 10 years, and you've got yourself the better of the two wide receivers. Wait, who's in your tier one? Just Chase by himself? It's Chase and Lamb in my tier one. I've got him one and two. I got him really close. Then there's a little bit of a gap. Then you can throw in, you know, you can throw your Metcalfs, your Tyreeks, your Devontae Adams. They could all kind of fight in that battle. And then I think you've got another little bit of a gap there in which Justin Jefferson goes in there. Whoa, so, third? Wow. Third the tier third for me. Year? Third tier. Wow. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that's the bold prediction or a bold statement. I don't know, but I do have him above AJ Brown, so you know, I, I do. I'm not totally crazy, yeah. Wow. Like in Dynasty or just this season, I'm confused right now. No, I'm talking Dynasty, man. I really, really? love CD Lamb. Tara wow. came on the show here. We talked about wide receivers there. I had him at number, I think, five CD Lamb going into the season. I had him considerably ahead of Justin Jefferson. I think I had Jefferson sitting about eight or nine going into the season, as far as Dynasty is concerned. And I'm going to stick with that. I really think C.D. Lamb is the better of the two. I think he's in the better situation of the two. And I think there's more stability for C.D. Lamb to perform well going forward, especially when you think about that quarterback position. It's not that Kirk Cousins has been bad. He's been actually pretty good this season for the most part. But Dak Prescott is next level. He's a legitimate MVP candidate each and every year when he's healthy. Now, 
we got to go full disclosure here for this next portion of the show. Hopefully rapid fire, but we know that doesn't work on this it's show. It's not going to happen. Hits and misses. Tara, who'd you hit on in week six? I can rapid fire this. Um, it's Waddle. Uh, yeah, I hit heavy on Waddle. I double down on Waddle. Yay, me. Good job, Tara. Uh, <laughs> then Daryl Henderson. <laughs> I had lots of hit this week, man. It was a good week for me. Um, Daryl Henderson um, was fantastic. Uh, and then Leonard Fournette as well, um, who is looking like somebody that is going to literally drag teams to the playoffs because he is clearly the RB1 there. And it's not even a competition. So... Wow, I'm glad. Oh, and I guess I have you... to say my misses, huh? Oh. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're as humble as Major is. She gave you a hundred like hits. Yeah. Like, hey, give us your one miss. Let's go. Well, it's 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 what we teach kids here now. Like when we deliver good bad news, it basically turns into a turd sandwich. You give a little bit of good news, you throw the bad news in there, and then you throw some more good news in there. So yeah. Tara's gonna hit us with the turd part of the sandwich before we move on. Um, yeah, my missus was, uh, the new England, uh, running backs. I, I thought they were going to be absolutely terrible against that Dallas defense. And hmm. it turns out they were fantastic. Um, <laughs> um, and we'll, you know, we'll make sure we set the record straight about, you know, how I'm sure major will go into this, how, you know, uh, Damian Harris was fantastic, by the way, fantastic, fantastic, clearly back. Well, you know what? I don't think you were completely off when you said fading those running backs. Yes, Harris had a good game, but Ramondre Stevenson, if we're going to call this a hit with 23 yards rushing, I'm only 23 wow. yards away from being a hit in the National Football League. Major, <laughs> what were your some hits and misses? I don't like how you did that. I don't like how you did that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to start off. I'm going to give you two. Terry gave you like 100 hits. I'm just give. I'm going to be modest. I'm going to give you two that – one just to really like poke fun at Tara because she gives me a hard time about my running backs, but I'm gonna go with Donovan Peoples Jones. Are we are we witnessing like a breakout right now? Like is is, is that what's happening right now? Uh, you know he's been he was my sneaky play last week and he came through with four receptions for 101 yards and two TDs. Um, the week before he had five receptions for 70 yards. Um, but I think this may be short-lived. I'm hearing rumblings that Landry's due back soon, maybe as soon as, as Thursday. So hopefully he can find his role with OBJ and Landry there. Maybe he could fit into that slot and do some damage. But my favorite one, my guy. You guys are going to hear me talk about him all year long. Ruh, ma, Dre, Stevenson, baby. <laughs> He's just like my favorite player. Like, I, okay, you said he had like 23 rushing yards. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to give him everything. I'm going to give him – wait, did I lose my stats? Hold on, shit, I lost my stats. Uh, oh, yeah, Ranja. He touched the ball eight times at 62 yards and a touchdown. And that touchdown was like a two-yard run, and he ran over like the whole team. So you see the power and the speed. He looks to me in the same mode of Derrick Henry, but – you know, he's too fast for everyone else, and he's running over the people he's not faster than. So I don't know why Coach Belichick just don't – I don't know about this holding rookie running backs out for a whole year uh, when they come out as a rookie. It doesn't make sense to me at all. So those are my two guys. You know, a couple weeks ago, Tara rolled her eyes when I said Ramadre, and he's, he's, he's performing. He's getting – his the time that he's getting in there, he's doing good with it. Um, my miss last week, uh, I had Jared McKinnon, um, 
as my player to grab off the wire, off the wire I think. I think it was he was one of those guys last week. And he really didn't get used at all. Um, Darrell Williams, Williamson, or Williams had like a pretty good game. Um, McKinnon finished the game with five touches for 15 yards, so I kind of missed on that one. But I think you should pick him up and just have him. And I, when I talk, I'm talking from like a deep leagues, like 16 teams and up. You know, I'm not giving you the 12 teams, so I'll try to get you guys players that's really deep. I don't know what I'm trying to say there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you know what? Uh, I like to poke funny as much as possible, and I'm going to continue to do so throughout the show. That's kind of what I bet. And I, I, the best part about that whole clip right now is I can't wait to screen grab it. And when you mentioned Ramondre Stevenson and how he has like a had a huge two yard run, the facial expressions of both me and Tara pretty much aligned with one another. So you're gonna have to go back and take a look at that. So when you clip uh, that, when you clip that, also clip the run, and we'll see what's going on there. Because the dude ran over like four people. That's fine. So I want to go to my hits and misses. <laughs> as, a, as a note, that was when um, that was when Damian Harris was hurt. He did not get pulled from the line. Just as reference. We don't need you. No one asked you for your extra fact. So I'm going to go with my hits and misses. I went with Mr. Platinum Blonde, Zach Ertz. I said he'd be a good tight end value. I said he'd be a top 10. He turned out in a top eight tight end. There back on Thursday night football. Of course, he didn't he play was, on Sunday because so Matt, the Eagles thought so much. The Eagles thought so much of his performance on Thursday night. They traded him less than 24 <laughs> hours later. Well, you say he's top eight. So when people say they're top eight, that means like they were eighth, right? He was eighth, yeah. Top eight just sounds a little bit better. It's like me saying Ramondre Stevenson was like top <laughs> 20. Hey, he gave week. me 15 points in one of my leagues, so I'm happy. <laughs> and then I also went on, I said, Stefan Diggs and Emmanuel Sanders would both be top 24 wide receivers. I really like that matchup for him. They both hit on that, so I feel pretty good. Emmanuel Sanders has been very underrated this season. He's a guy I mentioned here, I think it was last week, along with Hunter Renfro and Jameson Crowder as those unsung type wide receivers that you can put in your flex each and every week, and you're going to have value. Right now, I think Emmanuel Sanders might be top 25 as far as PPR points are concerned. That's, I think he had 90 yards in that Tennessee game. He's definitely a guy to put in your lineup each and every week, except this week because Buffalo's on by. Now, where I missed, Marquise Brown. I really thought Marquise Brown would have another big week. That did not materialize the way that we may have hoped it would. Uh, we're going to keep talking because I'm going to keep preaching about Rashad Bateman. I've been doing this for two weeks now. It's coming. You look at the snap share. You look at the routes run. Bateman, I'm not going to say he's surpassing Marquise Brown, but he's definitely going to be right there rivaling Marquise Brown, I think, the rest of the season. I think the Ravens have something special going on. But the numbers that Marquise Brown posted are not what we expected. He can take one to the house any play, any time, anywhere, and he did nothing last week. And so that, for me, was a pretty big miss. Now, rapid-fire games of the week. Tara, where are we going? Um, so, you know, I was not super excited to choose a game of the week this week because I don't know if it's just, like, the bye weeks or anything, but there's not, like, any game that's, like, whoo, yeah, incredibly appealing. Um, but I went with Green Bay and Washington. 
Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll rapid fire it. Um, Green Bay starts, obviously. I mean, it's very obviously you basically only got three. <laughs> You're rolling with Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams. Um, Washington has a horrific defense. Um, it, it's it's bad, 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 bad in a shocking way. And so those three guys are guys that you can confidently roll out and feel super good about it. Like you do most weeks, but today or this week, it'll be extra good. Um, Washington, Green Bay's pass defense. It's like, it's like, all right, it's like, it's average. You know, you can throw on it. Um, it's not going to be a massive game, but it's not... It's not um, – I'm comfortable with starting Terry McLaurin uh, with no issue. I think he'll have a nice bounce-back game after a horrific performance last week. Um, I think that Ricky Seals-Jones is also a good start this week as well. Um, we've got a good tight end situation. I think last week um, Cole, Komet, um, had a, uh, Cole Komet had a pretty good game, so I think it'll be um, a good situation for Ricky Seals-Jones as well. Um, against Green Bay. And then who am I fading? Um, as always, I am fading anyone that is not at Devontae Adams or Aaron Jones and catching the ball. Um, there are no second or third receivers that I want from the Green Bay Packers. And quite frankly, there are no second or third receivers that I want from the Washington, uh, from Washington as well. I almost said a different name. Um, and then I would also be fading Tanya, unfortunately, who has just not panned out at all. Um, although if he was going to have a good game, it'll be this one right here, but unfortunately I just don't have much faith. Um, sneaky play of the week, I think will be, uh, JD McKissick. And I don't know if it's super sneaky, but maybe it's sneaky in the sense that he's an every, he's literally been like an every other week guy. And I think this will be finally his back to back week where he's going to be successful. Um, I'm a little bit worried about Gibson. And regardless, regardless of his status as well, um, Green Bay is very bad against the run. So I think um, I think it's going to be a good situation for whoever is running the ball there. Um, Gibson, if he's healthy and playing, he can be all right. But um, J.D. McKissick as well, good in either situation. And Taylor Heineke might not actually be a bad play this week. Um, our, the run, the pass defense is all right, but, um, he actually didn't have any rushes last week, which is really his upside. And so I anticipate that this week he'll be back on the ground again, getting a decent amount of yardage out of the ground that will kind of salvage him into a usable ish asset. So if you're having bi-week issues with quarterbacks and then we've got some great guys that are out this week, you could maybe pivot towards Heineke if the waivers are a little bit thin. Um, but yeah, um, the way that I think this will affect fantasy squads, uh, I'm sorry to anyone that's playing the Packers. I think you're going to have to go with upside, prepare for that, because I think there's going to be a lot of points coming out of those big three guys. A few moments later. Here I go and I'm all like. I just want to know (laughs) what the NFL rules are on owners playing in games because the Bears owner is playing in Washington this week, and I'm not sure how that's going to really work out if league rules allow that to happen. Uh, So we'll see how this plays out there. I don't know. Y'all just have to cut me off. You'll be just like. (laughs) No, you're doing good. I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. if you de- didn't hear where that joke is going, and if I have to explain this joke to more people watching, if you go to the Bears Wikipedia page, Aaron Rodgers is the official owner of the Chicago Bears. Yes. When that happened, he may he <laughs> may have yelled out, "I still own you" oh, after his touchdown, as it. a late uh, in the first row was flipping him the bird. So that that's where that story kind of goes. So. Major, come on, man. You got to work with me. You don't have to go off. Hey, when your dad joke, when you got to explain a dad joke, it's a bad joke. 
It was funny. I I think that was I think that was a funny joke. I do. Tara Tara, Tara caught it right away. She's gonna give the old. She went right to- off the get <laughs> Um, Mark here. He traded Antonio Gibson and Devonta Smith for Ezekiel Elliott and Antonio Brown. Major good trade or not? Yeah, Zeke is on fire right now, and Antonio Brown is coming on too. So like, I, you know, Gibson's hurt, and Devonta Smith is who again? No, I'm just playing. He's doing pretty good. <laughs> But I, I, I like having Zeke. Oh, wait, is this Dynasty? What are we talking? What is this? Uh, I'm not either, 100% sure, but either one you want. Good <laughs> I, don't want yeah. I don't want I don't want Zeke long term. I don't want Zeke in Brown Dynasty. I'd rather have Gibson, Devontae Smith in Dynasty because I like I'm, I typically go young on my teams. Um, but if it's uh, what do you call a damn regular season? My brain is over now. Like the uh, redraft. Thank you. If it's a redraft, thanks, Mark. <laughs> if it's you, redraft, I'm going with, with Z. You annihilated that trade. That was fantastic. Great job. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's good. I think we all agree on that one. And you know what? Even for Dynasty, I'm kind of leaning with Terry here a little bit. Really? I know Gibson's younger. I know Devonta Smith is younger than Brown. But guess what? If you look at the last two seasons that Gibson's actually played, he's actually played less games than Ezekiel Elliott. Availability is your best ability. And right now, Gibson can't be available on the field. We know what it's like as uh, fantasy managers. When you got guys you can't put in your lineup because your IR is deeper than your uh, bench, that's not a good thing. So, you know what? I like the Zeke move. And Antonio Brown, I think he's got two, three good seasons. Devonta Smith, we don't even know Jalen Hurts is the answer in Philadelphia. We don't know what this team's going to look like. Philly right now is sitting on three top 10 draft picks come April. So I, there's no guarantee Hurts is even there. We don't know what that quarterback, it might be another rookie quarterback coming in into Philadelphia. So for me, at least I know who Antonio Brown's going to have for the next two, three years. I can't say the same for Devontae Smith. So thank you for that question there. Major, what's your game of the week? I have Bengals at Ravens. Um, unlike Tara, she tells you to play everybody. I'm going to give you – I'm just messing with you again. I'm, I'm going to give you two – I'm going to give you one player from each team. I'm going to go with Jamar Chase, and I'm going to go with Mark Andrews. What are we saying here? All right. Yeah, so Chase – and I'm going to rapid fire this too. Chase is currently the front runner for rookie of the year uh, with 27 receptions and 553 yards, five touchdowns. It, he just has the best connection with the quarterback, so he's going to get targets. Um, Mark Andrews is coming on the last two weeks. Andrews has 16 carries, I mean, 16 receptions for 215 yards and three touchdowns. Um, it seems like he has the best connection with uh Mr. Jackson there, and uh, I know he's going to get some target share taken away from him with uh Bateman coming in, but I think um, he's a safety blanket for, for Lamar, so um. Yeah, those two guys. And for my fate, I'm going to fade Tyler Boyd. Um, and it's not even really his fault. Um, but it seems like when the big three receivers are all playing together, Boyd gets lost. Um, when Higgins was out week three and four, Boyd had 17 targets. The last two weeks with Higgins back in the lineup, Boyd has only had eight targets. So it's not even really his fault. I don't know why he becomes the third receiver because he all he does is perform. Um, so that's for the fade for my sneaky play. I'm gonna go over Rashad Bateman. I think Matt was a little early last week putting him on his list. Um, 
but I think this is the week. Uh, you know, he had four catches for 29 yards, but he had he led the team in targets with six, and I think that's the most important number. So that means that Mr. Jackson is going to him and trust him as as the wide receiver one on that team. Um, and I think he's just going to be a target monster. I think having six receptions is just the the floor. I think he's going to be a 12, the 13, 14, 15 targets a game type of guy. So um, let's look for for Bateman to step up and be the guy. And then for this game, I think it's gonna be a lot of points. I say play everyone, like all the running backs, the quarterbacks, the receivers. Play everybody. You're gonna get some points. So there you go, rapid fire, baby. So there was this question that came through here. Which fourth string running back can we start in the Ravens Bengals game? And I think you'd also say which starting running back is going to score for the Baltimore Ravens. I think it's the same question. Well, with the Ravens, though, they have like the three wise men or the three old men. We need to find, <laughs> you know, we need to find <laughs> for the three old guys because, but they look good. Like I was really <laughs> impressed with uh, the burst of uh, uh, Murray. Latavius Murray looked really good to me. And then you have Bell that does, you know, he's wearing number 17, which is so weird looking at a running back with number 17 on. And then you have uh, Devontae, what was his name? Devontae Freeman. Yeah, Freeman. Freeman, there you go. They're all blast from the past. Like this was five, six years ago, we would have the best like running backs in the game right there. So, but they, as one, if you put all three of those guys together, it makes for a perfect running back. So I, I can't give you one because it's going to be a three-headed monster there. And you know what? I think they've really been working on their burst, getting that seniors discount at the Denny's store uh, restaurant <laughs> there. So that's where they've been working on that. AARP free. First off, I'm kind of disappointed. I was kind of leaving the Titans and the Chiefs game as the game of the week for everyone to grab. So I got into the show sheet early, and I kind of went with the Eagles and Raiders. Well, let's be honest, the, the game of the week is going to be the Titans and Chiefs. You're starting uh, Mahomes. You're starting uh, A.J. Brown. You're starting Derrick Henry. You're starting Tyreek Hill. You're starting Travis Kelsey. Those are all guarantees. Start your studs there. And uh, I'm going to head over to the Vegas Raiders and the Philadelphia Eagles. Right now, the Raiders are three-point favorites heading into this one. I think you can start Derek Carr. That offense got going again. It got going again. After a little bit of a spell there, we weren't sure how the Raiders were going to react with the John Gruden news and how that was going to go. We thought I thought they were going to have a down week. I thought it was going to affect them. It didn't. Maybe Same. the Broncos were just the perfect remedy for this offense to get going again. But you're starting Carr. You have to start Ertz. He's top 12 every single week. His worst finish is a QB 11 so far. I don't like it, but you still got to do it. It's basically how it goes. It's like eating your vegetables as a kid. You're not going <laughs> to like it, but you still got to do it. You still got to start Jalen Hurts. Let's be honest. Um, Devonta Smith, you could probably get him into the flex. Josh Jacobs, I think, is a good, solid RB2 in this matchup. Kenyon Drake, I think you can get in as a flex, I think. Uh, man, Miles Sanders looked good in his opportunities, too, for the Eagles last week. So I think against his Raiders defense, that's better than it's been in a long time. Yeah. I think they can still run the ball. Uh, we've seen teams do it to him a little bit. And you're going to start. Henry Ruggs, and obviously Darren Waller. Henry Ruggs has been very low-key effective this season. I'm going to get into that a little bit more a little bit later, I think. But right now, I think he's 15th in the league in receiving yards. 15th in the league. You know, that's ahead of DeAndre Hopkins. That's a, 
there's a bunch of guys he's ahead of right now. And you've got to make sure that Henry Ruggs is in your starting lineup. Like Marquise Brown, he's going to bust one at any time. Uh, for me, who am I fading? I'm fading Devonta Smith. I really am. Yes, I'm saying you're going to put him in your flex, but I want to fade him because this Raiders defense in their past defense has actually been pretty good. If you take away that Deontay Johnson week two game against the Steelers, there has not been a single wide receiver to go for 100 yards against the Raiders. Now, Cortland Sutton came close last week, 94 yards, a lot of it in the fourth quarter, a lot of it in garbage time when the game was already out of hand. The Raiders were up 31-10, I think, going into the fourth quarter. So this Raiders team, and this is including, you know, uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Jalen Waddle, Hollywood Brown, Allen Robinson, just to name a few of the wide receivers they faced. So it's not like they have, they've had cupcake matchups. This defense has been good. So I'm fading these wide receivers for the Eagles, but we know Jalen Hurts doesn't need to pass the ball to get the fantasy points. Now for me, sneaky play. Let's keep it rolling here with uh, Kenyon Drake. Tara mentioned it a little bit earlier. I think Kenyon Drake is going to be a great value. It looks like they want to use him in their offense. Go figure. A good, solid <laughs> running back getting used in an offense that needs good players. Funny how that works. I think so. Last week, I think you kind of tossed how John Gruden really felt about Kenyon Drake in this offense. Now he's kind of being allowed to do some things. And of course, for me, I think the Raiders basically repeat their performance of last week with how they played the Broncos. I think they're going to get up early on the Eagles. I think they're going to really put it on them. And I think Jalen Hurts and the Eagles are going to get some garbage time points. We don't ask how. We just ask how many when it comes to fantasy. So I think they're going to get their points. And that's how this game is going to go down. Now, uh, we have another question coming in here right now. I got offered Christian McCaffrey for DeAndre Swift in PPR. Do I accept it? Current running backs are Zeke, Najee, Jonathan Taylor, and Swift. Is CMC worth the risk? Tara. Huh. Um, wow, that is very interesting. Um, in Dynasty. Okay. Um, honestly, I, I, I would kind of maybe want to stick with Swift. I'm not going to lie. Um, the... I kind of think that just the way that they've used CMC, I think they might've overdone it. I really think they have. And I think this is going to be a recurring issue with him injuries. And when you look at Swift, man, if this is the production that we're getting out of him when the team is completely awful, then yeah. Um, he's someone who is on my list of people that I do want to buy in dynasty. I, I, Hey, you know, I'm good with Swift. Major. Uh, echo what Tara said. Yeah, and you know what? Let's go. I'm not even going to be the contrarian. I'm not going to be the lone wolf here. Is that where CMC's value has really gone? He was the consensus number one pick in Dynasty drafts. But now we've had multiple seasons, same nagging injuries, still missing time. And I'm sounding like a broken record here, but what, Major? Your uh, your availability is what? Your best ability. Exactly. And you can't start a guy who ain't in the lineup and Chuba Hubbard. He's looking pretty good for the Panthers right now. I'm not going to say the Panthers are going to move on from McCaffrey, but I'm saying that Chuba's earned some more touches moving forward. Uh, balloon battles. What's up? How you doing? Do I trade Antonio Gibson and Tyreek Hill for Austin Eckler, Allen Robinson and Tim Patrick a major? No, I'm, I'm big on Tim Patrick. I like him a lot. Eckler's. I don't know. Damn, these are some good questions. Uh, yeah. I'll actually, you know what? I'll do it. I'll take Eckler, Allen, and Patrick. I like three versus two, 
And to me, Tyreek, what people don't talk about, Tyreek is a little towards it. I had him in the fat like last three years. They fade towards the end of the year because they're getting ready for the playoffs. So his numbers are not as good during the playoff run in 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 a fantasy sport. So keep an eye on that. And yeah, and Eckler to me is having a really good season. Just hopefully he stays healthy. Tara, what are your thoughts? Um, this one is 100% dependent on who your other players are for me. If you're weak at running back, uh, yes, I would make this trade because I would want to have Eckler. I don't, um, for this season in particular, I'm, I think that Gibson is a huge liability. Um, otherwise if you are, if you're having issues at wide receiver, I would lean towards the Tyreek side because I really don't think that Allen Robinson will be coming around very much. I do love Tim Patrick, but he's not someone that is to that same level. So it really depends on, on what you're trying to fill here. Yeah, I'm, I'm not as big on three for two trades as majors. I, I don't, Tim Patrick <laughs> for me is kind of a throw in, but the yeah. little tidbit here on Tim Patrick 133 consecutive targets without a drop so far. That's the streak going on. Why I got this stuck in my head, I don't know. I was doing some research on the waiver wire. Every once in a while when I'm checking facts, not on this show, something sticks with me. Now, as far as this trade goes, I kind of like Austin Eckler and Robinson's side over the Tyreek and Gibson because uh, Gibson is showing me that he can't stay healthy. Eckler's performing well. And even if this is dynasty, I think eventually Justin Fields gets right. And I don't think you're losing that much at the wide receiver position. Sure, Tyreek Hill is going to be top wide receiver four, wide receiver five in dynasty. But Allen Robinson is not that far back. I got him about a wide receiver 11. So I don't think you're giving up too much there to get Austin Eckler. Tim Patrick is going to be a good waiver wire guy, bye week replacement that you can trust. But remember, Jerry Judy, he's coming back probably in week eight. He would be back on Thursday night football, I think. I think he'd be back this week if the game wasn't on Thursday night. Let's, I'll put it that way. Yeah, if this game was Sunday, I think Jerry Judy would be back. However, that's not how things worked out. So Judy, I think, comes back on week eight. I think Tim Patrick's going to see a bit of a more of a reserve role. So thanks for the question. That's great. We got another one real quick here from Balloon Battles. Full PPR. Oh, so this is oh, kind of continuing. His backs, yeah, his, okay. his backs are Gibson, Carson, and Alex Collins, which for me – Carson's uh, yeah. hurt. Alex Collins, he's dinged up right now with that hip injury. Yeah, it's for me, you got to get that healthy back. You need to get Austin yeah. Eckler, and I don't think you're giving up too much of a difference between Hill and Robinson. I think that's going to get a lot closer, like Major said, towards the end of the year, give week week 10. I think Allen Robinson and Justin Fields will get on the same page. You'll see that gap kind of close between Robinson and Hill. Garbage time now, count too. Garbage points count just the same as anything else. Right Now, we've gone through the games of the week. Now we're going to head on to Tara. Who's the player still on waivers that you need to grab? Rapid fire. Rapid fire. Um, this I don't know how rapid I could do this because I have to explain it. <laughs> so um, while everyone else is fighting over Darrenis Johnson, um, because he is going to be the early down back, the lead back, that um, goal line back, why don't you head over and get Demetric Felton? Um, Wait. Time you know, out. Time out. Time out. Time out. You sound like a very smart person right now. You sound <laughs> like you're still in the strategy of someone who really knows running backs, but I'm not going to say anything, but go ahead, Tara. There you go. 
So, and this has nothing to do with whether it's the first, second, third, or fourth string, <laughs> fifth string, sixth string practice squad, okay. practice squad back. <laughs> it is because we truly don't really know what's going on with Chubb. Um, and for all we know, this is just an issue with the Thursday game was too quick of a turnaround and that he gets plenty of rest to come back next Sunday. And that kind of, it kind of, you know, neutralizes Durnish Johnson a little, but we do know how long, um, Hunt's going to be out. We do know the timeline for that. It sounds like it's teetering towards the higher end, that higher scale of like a six week time period. So his pass catching is going to be gone. And Demetric Felton could be the guy who's going to fill that because Durnish Johnson, really isn't a pass catching back. I don't think I saw where he ever had more than like one or two targets in a game. So for me, I would might I would maybe take that chance that Demetric Felton, being the running back wide receiver that he is, is going to be the person that steps into an increased pass catching role. Is that it? That's it. <laughs> Major so comments. Gonna, full disclosure here, right off the get go. I think we need to let people know that. You know, we're at the part where it's injuries are mounting up, especially at the running back position. You got Buffalo, you got Dallas, you got Jacksonville, you got Los Angeles Chargers, you got Minnesota, and you got Pittsburgh all on by this week. That running back waiver wire, it's thin. So if you can get yourself anything in that position, and I know there's a few leagues where I'm really hurting. Felton's a guy I've already grabbed. I've kind of got him inserted into my flex and now you guys want to grab the third see come on you guys can't give me crap no 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 Every i grabbed him he's a wide receiver my strategy and then then <laughs> my strategy like is you like you invented it like come on but this is only because this wouldn't be happening if chubb and her hunt weren't down like this is like a different situation we're not getting them week one you know what i'm saying touche but yeah so majors pivoted from fourth string running backs to special teamers, who's the guy you're grabbing off waivers? <laughs> I'm going with, and again, this is a deep league, 16 teams and up, dynasty preferably, but Jamal Agnew, receiver, DB, at Jacksonville. Last week he had five receptions for 78 yards. He's getting more playing time. Every time he touches the ball, it can go to the house. The dude is super electric. But I really like him if you have IDP spots on your on your dynasty teams. Put him in at your DB. A little cheat code here. Put him in as your DB, and now you have an extra wide receiver spot. So it's a little cheating, I guess, but you could take advantage of it. So just think about that. Um, that's it. Rapid fire. Yeah. You're not lying. Right. I picked up Agnew last week, and if I had had the guts to put him in at DB over who I started, I think – Poyer, maybe I would have won that game. Mm. Yeah. And I want to make sure we give a shout out here to Mello there. He's been in the chat. Make yeah. sure you, if you're on Spotify or whatnot, head over to the Fantasy Football Dependency Podcast. He gives you some waiver wire guys there that you might want to add into your lineup as well. So just a little bit of a shout out there to Mello there who's been in the chat with us. Uh, also, head over to fantasypoints.com. Uh -oh. Enter promo code 21Vipers. Get 10% off that subscription. You want stats and facts and news and notes? Fantasy Points has it all. Hey, Matt, what's that code again? That code again, Major, is 21 Vipers 10. I need a ding sound. That's not going to be it. Uh, that's, that's, that's close <laughs> enough. Anyway, I got to keep shouting off the rooftop for my guy, Rashad Bateman. You, you would think that he is owned everywhere since I've been talking about him for two weeks to get him 
off the waivers. Get him on your squad. Use that IR spot on. He's still only owned in 28% of leagues. That is crazy to me. He's going to be the wide receiver one in Baltimore before the season's done. Get him now. I'll say it. And I've got numbers. I got facts. I, I, I got something on my phone here that I can pull up for you when we're talking about him. So as I'm looking this up here real quick, another guy to grab is T.Y. Hilton. Him and Carson Wentz, they got a little something going. Uh, four catches, 80 yards. Great game for him in his debut, first game back. And yeah, some of his competition's already been eliminated because Paris Campbell, go shock, water is wet. Paris Campbell is out again. Uh, Another guy, when we're talking about the IR, I'm going to give you the same kind of talk as Rashad Bateman. It's Michael Gallup. He still plays in the league. The Cowboys have a bye week this week. He comes up, He's coming off the IR. He's going to be ready in week eight. You make sure you get him in your lineup or get him off the waivers. Do what you got. Maybe not put him in your lineup, but make sure you stash him on your bench this week so that you beat the rush next week. Now, when I'm talking about uh, Rashad Bateman here, we go back just to last week. Marquise Brown at 80% of the snaps. He ran 26 routes. He had five targets. Rashad Bateman has 63% of the snaps, 19 routes, six targets. Small sample size, but Bateman in his first game back, coming back from an injury, he's right there with Marquise Brown. And this is only the tip of the iceberg there. Now, who is a player that's trending up or down for you, Tara? I'm so sorry about that. I might have been fact-checking. <laughs> player that is I'll, I'll go with you if you want to if you want to I'll, I'll go right now player that is trending up and down um no 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 uh so I am I'm surprised that this was not um I'm surprised this wasn't majors like smash hit of the week because he loves those you know those unsung running backs uh Tyson Williams I would have thought you know but uh <laughs> no unfortunately <laughs> yeah um unfortunately major actually talked about it earlier um the, the old running backs are looking good. They're looking good. And I don't see any reason why Tyson Williams is going to be a thing moving forward. Unfortunately, um, the Ravens just don't want to seem to head that direction. And they're doing just fine without him. He's been multiple healthy scratches. Um, I, I don't think that there's anything there. I think you can just go ahead and let go, unfortunately. Major, what about you? Who's your uh, player that you're trending down? Or up. I'm trending up on this player, and you guys say I give you third string running backs. I'm gonna give you somebody that's on the practice squad. That's how deep I go. <clears throat> I don't know why I got so pumped up, but <laughs> <laughs> as recent as last year, oh, yeah, my bad. I'm going Travis Fogum. As 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 recent as last year, you know, between weeks four and eight, he was the number one receiver in Philadelphia. And for some reason, another one of these fantasy football mysteries, patent pending, um, he was cut. And Miami, he's now in Miami, and he's on a practice squad, and Miami has a ton of injuries. They have Fuller on IR, Parker's out with a shoulder, um, and hamstring, and Preston Williams is out with a groin. So they don't have anybody to throw the ball to Waddle, and that's it. I love it for Waddle because he's one of my guys. He's getting like he, he's going to get that target share, but they have a reliable receiver who's proven on their team, and I think they're just trying to get acclimated to the offense, and they're going to bring him in slowly. So I look, grab him now if you're in a deep league, and you will be happy in maybe week, you know, a couple of weeks, I guess. And for me, I'm going to go 
stick with the Raiders here. I'm going to say relax when it comes to Darren Waller. You take away even that week one game where he had like 82 targets in that game. You take that game out of there. He's still top 10 among tight ends. He's still going to be a focal point of this offense. It's not a bad thing that Henry Ruggs and Hunter Renfro are getting theirs. It's going to open things up for him and the rest of the season. Plus, we've talked about it at the tight end position. It's bad. I mean, it's it's really bad. Like We're going to talk about Russ Dwelly as a possible starter this week. Bad. Now, who is that unsung hero for you, Tara, that is going to carry your teams to fantasy football glory in Week 7? Uh, you know, for me, in, it's looking like Jimmy G is going to be the starter. And if you need a bi-week fill-in, you can do a lot worse than him. I think that he's going to come back. I think that he's going to be productive. He has a good matchup against Indianapolis, who, um, despite last week, we're just going to, you know, kind of throw that away because they were playing Houston, and that's not technically a real team. Um, but in prior weeks, the... Quarterbacks have actually done fairly well against him. We've had Lamar Jackson with the unbelievable game against the Colts. Um, Ryan Tannehill, who has been disappointing all season, probably had one of his better games against Indianapolis. So I do think that if Jimmy G comes in here and it's looking like that he is, that he is going to be someone who can be a nice, nice bi-week fill-in for you. Absolutely. What about you, Major? Who are you going with? I'm hopping on Tara's bandwagon here, and I'm going to go with Jalen Waddle. To me, he was actually he was my number one receiver coming out in that draft. I had him just ahead of Chase. Um, but you know, Chase is outperforming everybody in the whole league, and Waddle, I don't think, had the opportunity. And I don't really care about his numbers at all. And then that stands out to me, he had 13 targets last week. And like I said, mentioned just a you know, Travis Fogum, he's the only receiver, like. So he's going to get the ball thrown to him a thousand times. So I want him to be the guy. He's going to win me some games. What about you, Matt? I'm going to go right back. If you haven't done it yet, I'm going to throw a couple back at you because, you know, I do that. J.D. McKissick, he's that unsung hero. We've talked about him time and time again, so I don't want to beat the horse here too much on that one. But here you go. I'm going to go with your kind of Jalen Waddle. I'm going to throw a little bit of salt on this one. And I'm going to say Mac. Hollins is going to be uh, that unsung hero this week. Really, Listen, Mac Hollins led the Dolphins in routes. He also caught four passes and on five targets. He had an 11% target share. He had 10.1 fantasy points. We know Parker's out. We know Williams is out. We know Will Fuller's on the IR. You know what? The coverage, I think, is going to run to Waddle. I think that's a, a normal prediction. I don't know how unsung it is. I want to go deep. I'm going almost practice squad deep with Mac Hollins here this week. He's been in the league for how long? And this is the first time anyone's <laughs> ever said his name. I think he's like I, he, he's almost like 30 years old, and I don't think I've ever heard his name before. I support it's Major true. on this, Matt. I'm very <laughs> supportive of Major on this. That's, but he's you, 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 honestly, you, Matt, he's the reason I chose Travis Fogum because I was like, he can't be the wide receiver too. So they gotta they have to get Travis in there. So that's why I chose him as my my trending up player. Yeah, that's all right. We'll see this week. We'll see this week. Mac Hollins week coming at you. Now, <laughs> players outside of our games of the week. Uh, Tara, who are we fading? Um, so kind of going back to the same thing. I said Jimmy G because um, Indianapolis is vul vulnerable against the pass. Um, and on the opposite end, they are not super vulnerable against the run. I don't think it's a good idea to start any San Francisco running back against Indianapolis. I would fade that. Don't go that direction. Hmm. 
Major, who are you fading? Well, I'm gonna go with Kristen Kirk, and again, it's not even really his fault. I just think it feels like they take turns with the other three receivers. It's like D Hop, you get whatever you get, and then we'll rotate the other guy. So I just think he's had a good couple weeks. Um, but I think it's time for maybe AJ or uh, the the rookie. I forgot his name, but I think it's it's their time to get their share of the the ball. I don't know. Go ahead, man. I'm fake, guys. Sorry, I'm tired. That rookie is one Rondell Moore. There you go. Now, now we've got our regular stepping in here, just to kind of remind us to get Kyle Pitts back in your lineups this week. He's coming back off a of bye, really strong. Uh, we've got some love Ertz in Arizona now, too, coming from uh, Mello there. And again, Bob, just don't start anyone from San Francisco. It's okay to say it, Tara. It's not okay, Bob. <laughs> it's never okay. I am fading, and this really shouldn't shock, shock anyone. I'm fading Tyler Lockett. I've been fading him all year. I said it off beginning. I was eating crow. It looked like I was going to eat crow beginning of the season because he started off gangbuster there with two 100-yard seasons back – two 100-yard games back-to-back. -back. But since then, it has been bad, like next-level bad. And it's not getting any better. So fade Tyler Lockett. If you can trade him here in redraft, I would make a trade. Russell Wilson, I think, is coming back possibly week 11 at the earliest. It's not good. It's not good. And now who's that player that you need to start, Tara? Who are you starting this week? Um, I am starting – I'm starting Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, bounce back candidate. Um, I think that he is going to, I think I talked about it earlier. We had the, between Sam Darnold and Tannehill. Um, I'm, I'm all, I'm, I'm very positive about Sam Darnold. The matchup against the Giants is fantastic. I think he is going to go in there. He's familiar with New York in general. I think he's going to be able, feel really comfortable this week. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with Sam Darnold. Major, who are you sticking with? I'm going to go with the tight end position. I'm going with Molly Cox. It seems like, He's uh, he's been on my radar for a few years now. Um, like in the preseason games, he's always had pretty good games. Um, but now he's a top target at tight end at Indy. Last three games, he's had a total of three touchdowns. So it seems like he's getting a little more energy there. It seems like Wentz is going to him in a red zone. It's very touchdown dependent. Don't think he's going to win any league for you, but he's going to put some points up. So I'm going to go with Mo Ali Cox. What about you, Matt? Did you know he played basketball? Yes. <laughs> I don't know what school, but he did play basketball. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm here. I actually was trying to think of the incident of the March Madness there because I remember him playing in that tournament and whatnot. I, I was like, maybe Wichita State? I can't remember. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, for me, it's Joe Mixon. Sure, Leonard Fournette and Jonathan Taylor outscored him last week, but he was coming off an injury. He was kind of being held back. He was unleashed for 26.3 fantasy points, 94 yards rushing, 59 yards receiving, and a touchdown. Why am I not worried about him? He's going against Baltimore. I'm not worried about that Ravens defense. I really am not. They played well last week. They've had some games where they look good. But it's more so on this, this Bengals offense. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase is a real thing. And then I think probably more important when we look at it is I think Mixon's going to run a little bit harder for something so simple that most of us probably missed in that game, that was that downfield block by Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, first-round draft pick, wide receiver, prima donna, all the stereotypes that come with the wide receiver position, absolutely laid a block down to get Mixon going. When that starts happening, when the team starts feeling it, when teams starts buying in, 
Get ready for Mixon. I think he's ready to start steamrolling week in and week out. Now we are going to the bold predictions. And I have a feeling I'm probably going to be bold again compared to everyone else. But I'm going to try to take a little bit of spice. So maybe I'll still be spicy. You guys are looking at it right now. I can see the disgust in your eyes, but we're going to go with it anyway. Tara, what's your bold prediction for week number seven? Did Major copy me? <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to see it. So funny. Go. Go. I'm just... Okay. Oh. <laughs> I'm just sitting here the whole time like a little kid. Like, did she go to see it? Did she go to see it? Man. Okay. Bold prediction. Um... Nicole Hardman, <laughs> Kansas City is playing against Tennessee. And Matt, you talked about this earlier. Literally anyone and everyone went off against Tennessee. We had Stefan Diggs. We had Cole Beasley. We had Emmanuel Sanders, who you talked about. Even Gabe Davis caught a couple of passes. I mean, it's kind of like <laughs> poor Tennessee. Um, so, yeah, I predict that Nicole Hardman is going to have a very nice fantasy game. I chose 17 fantasy points as the threshold i think that's a nice it's bold but it's not so unrealistic that i'm just going to be sitting there like i was this week with mac jones 17 or more points fantasy points for me cole hartman major i'm gonna let me hear your prediction this week i'm gonna rapid fire this everything tara just said but just say Jalen waddle 17 (laughs) or more fantasy points but all her points this is take it you know, I get I get shamed all the time, so I'm just going to start copying you guys and then, like, new strategy, baby. Mm. <laughs> so before I get on to my I prediction here. I see live here, editing. I see live editing. <laughs> before we get going here, Hex basically comes in. I just traded Thielen, Mixon, and Callaway for Kamara. Yee. What are your thoughts? Yee. Is that dynasty? Oh. I don't know. That's the bad end. I like mixing. I like theming. I like Callaway. Uh, I don't know. That's uh, I'm going with those three players there over uh, Kamara. Like, has he? I haven't been paying attention to him, but has he done anything to uh, equal what these players are doing? I think him and Mixon kind of like neck and neck, right? Well, when I look at the numbers here through six weeks. There are 11 running backs with 100 touches. Mm-hmm. Now, Kamara has 109 touches, including his bye week. Joe Mixon has 124 touches through six weeks. And he was also injured and limited. So, for me, uh, you know what? I, I kind of like the Mixon side here. And, again, I don't like the three-for-one. I'm not going to blame you for taking Kamara. He's a difference maker, too. But so far this season, the way that Saints offense has been going, I do have reservations about – what their ceiling is going forward, where I really like the Bengals offense. Throw in Thielen, I feel much better about the Mixon side. Sorry about that. But he goes continue. Now now he's got a pretty nice mm. little combination of Derrick Henry and Kamara. So it makes it a little yeah. bit go ahead. Tara. I I do I do agree with you, Matt. Um the only thing I will say is while I was sitting there thinking about it, um I am hopeful that you know if if the if Kamara can get more involved in the pass game, um, then then yeah, I, I think you you know could argue that maybe that was a, a good thing. I do technically believe in mixing a little bit more, but uh the Saints the Saints schedule gets soft. It's been kind of ridiculous. It started was ridiculous to start off the season and it's gonna open up for the pass game. Um so I which is why I am on Callaway for rest of season. But um but yeah maybe that'll benefit Kamara hopefully that's a good point. 
And now it's time for my bold prediction. Oh, wait, we got, it's coming in here. Yep. Stop stalling. He thinks he's sold high on uh, Mixon here. And you know what? I, I think this the, Mixon's value is going to go up a little bit more here this season, but I think you got good value. Like, I really do believe Mixon for Kamara. You can't really hate that. And then just to kind of go on. Michael Thomas, though, Michael Thomas coming back. Michael Thomas coming back. I would temper those expectations. I'm not 100% sold that Thomas plays another down this season. And I don't think he plays it with the Saints. So that's just something for me to keep an eye on. I think there's something there. I wish Calvin was on here because he's got his uh, ear to the, the sidewalks there in New Orleans and could give us a little bit more feedback on that. But I would be surprised if Thomas plays. And if he does, I'm even more shocked if he is effective in those opportunities and those reps that he has. Now, my bold prediction. I'm predicting Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney both have 17 or more fantasy points. <laughs> okay, you know okay. What? I'll get a little. No, I'll that's, little that's little not you know what? No, no, no. Keep that because it's not happening with Robinson. So <laughs> keep that bold prediction. <laughs> you, you want me to so stop? You doing one, one, you're doing one or the other? Or are you saying they both have to make it to get your point? Both. Oh. <laughs> I'm not taking no little fruit here. I try to throw your life I, raft, but no, no. I'm calling both. I'm both of them hit 17 fantasy points this week. That's what we're going with. I'm going to erase the rest of what I had written there because I, I think they're. I was going to go even bolder than that, but Tara told me I could stop on that. That was bold enough. Yeah, for no, her. this but, is good. I like this. Um, I gosh, you know, now I got to cheer against Waddle. It's crazy because I mean he surpassed <laughs> since he surpassed that by far last week. So you know he's a rookie; they're kind of volatile. You don't know what's going to happen week to week. So well, yeah, and it, it's very bold of Major to predict the wide receiver one on a. On How a you saved me? I said the same thing she said. I I I did that so we wouldn't do this part. I don't want to. Let's gang up, Matt. Let's gang up. She took Nicole Nicole is, Hardman. Has Nicole Nicole Hardman take, ever had 17 points in a game? Yes, he had. Remember, he had those two weeks when uh, Ty, uh <laughs> he was like wide receiver, the best wide receiver in the world for those like two weeks. Which so two weeks? Which year? Which year? It was not was this year. last year. It was not this year. Oh, no, it, was, it was last year when Tyreek was on suspension. It wasn't two. I mean, ago. he had one good week this year, but it was not that bad. <laughs> it was not like, oh man, okay. This is gonna be. I'm gonna have to do like some Twitter protesting or something here. I like. I like when we all kind of do the same thing though, because now we get to gauge it, and it's more fun this way. It's right. gonna be fun, um, especially when both Bears wide receivers go off for 17 fantasy points. I think Matt. I don't think I'm you gonna have to how to play this game. I think you have to say something to try to win. You try to lose every time. <laughs> it's it's bold predictions. It's not make an average prediction and see if it happens. No, That's it's true. bold. That's true. No, we're, we're going to have to we're going to have to add on to kind of stay par <laughs> with major. So I think, you know, add on, you know, add one more. I mean, I think if I can get 17 or more PPR points out of um out of out of uh let's see Tyreek. Uh yeah, I'll say Tyreek. <laughs> Okay, I I see your Tyreek and I throw in a Cooper Cup. Let's do that. I, <laughs> I think we're getting a little off the rails here. Uh, Tara, what do you got going on this week? I know you're busy. What other shows? What what do you got going? 
Um, doing some waivers right now. I'm supposed to be doing that literally right now. But um, but shows this week. Um, my regular stuff. I have um some videos coming out with Fantasy Pros, so you guys keep your eye on that. You can find me on the Fantasy Pros TikTok as well. Lots of videos over there, pretty much every day. Um, and then Fantasy Alarm videos as well for DFS and um, waivers content as we get further into the week. Um, the big thing though, uh, Thursday. I'm going to be on the um, the ooh, the CBS uh, Fantasy Football Today show at 1 p.m. Eastern time. So, yeah, if you guys tune into that, you can catch me. <laughs> that, that's fantastic. I know I'll be tuning in there. Uh, Major, let everyone know where they can find you every Sunday morning. Every Sunday morning, 730 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Catch me on Fantasy Points. Extra point show with my guy, Nick. We're giving you guys advice on how to make money playing these prop bets. And I've been doing... Last week was bad, but every other week I'm making you guys money. So come and get this free advice. Make some money. What time am I getting up for this again? Uh, Wait. No, 7.30. My mind. I'm sorry. Yeah, there we go. 10.30 Eastern. 10.30 Eastern. <laughs> I <forget> that. <laughs> You guys are more professional. You got it. But yeah, I, I ain't, I ain't getting up at seven thirty Eastern. Yeah, don't do that. Just you can get up, work out, and then come and get this free advice. You know. I like well, we how know we know Nick major we'll schedule it. more than he does. The bees were supportive. We got your back, <laughs> guys. You know, I partake in a thing out here in California that makes my memory kind of like foggy. So <laughs> I was gonna <laughs> appreciate yeah. you for the help. And while you're checking out Major on the Fantasy Points Network there, make sure you log into www.fantasypoints.com, enter promo code 21VIPERS10, get yourself 10% off that subscription. That code again is 21VIPERS10. And if you're looking for more content, we are delivering on the Vipers Network each and every day. There's new stuff coming. we got the full tilt crew. They're putting out new content almost every day. Uh, my waiver wire video, that dropped yesterday. You know, my, my Thursday night football, my... Sunday night football, my Monday night football, those previews all drop down on Wednesday night, on Saturday, and on Sunday. So you get all that together. Uh, my starts and sits, that's going to drop here as well on probably Thursday morning if I get around to it. And here's the big one, Friday, 1 p.m. Eastern. Join the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast as we go behind the grind once again with Yahoo's Andy Barons joins us at 1 p.m. Eastern on Friday. You do not want to miss that show. He is the judge and the jury of fantasy football, and I look forward to that conversation, much like most of our Behind the Grind. If you haven't had an opportunity to check out that Behind the Grind series, make sure to check it out either on podcast form or go to our library there for the Behind the Grind series. Some of the best minds in fantasy football, some timeless shows Great are already story. there. Go peruse that. Go educate yourself a little bit. Take a little trip down memory lane with all things fantasy football. And uh, fantasy futurist, thank you. Mello, Hex, Bobby G, thanks for coming on. Uh, Kashif, uh, Dynasty Vipers, whoever that was. I don't know who's making comments about Major on there. <laughs> we appreciate you, each and every one of you, for coming on, joining us in the chat room. And remember, hit us up on Twitter. There's Terrace Tandle there. It's Terra Time. At way too major double F there at Matt Donnelly double F. Hit us on Twitter. You got questions, you got starts and sits, you got waiver questions. Hit us up. We're more than willing to help. With that all said, this is the Dynasty Vipers Viper Cast powered by Fantasy Points Media Group. 
And you know we're going to get ready to come strong next week. And Major Mello says, check that DM. We're yes. coming strong each and every week. This same bat time, same bat channel, same Bateman channel. See what I did there? You had to get the boo before the show. I tried to not do it, but come on, Matt. You, you just make me do it. Don't do that. That should be a bold prediction, too. Matt won't get booed during the show. No, that's not going to happen. be a drinking game. Take a shot every time he gets booed. You'll be drunk by the end of the show. And we should, right. just, we should say our show is an hour 30 now instead of saying an hour because it seemed like we're leaning towards that 30 anyway. So let's just lean into it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've still got graphics I got to get out there for uh, all these shows that I got coming <laughs> on this week. Tara's got to hit the waivers. Major's got to uh, get his memory right. Watch some anyway, we'll see you next week. Take care. <laughs>